0: Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, Dave, and occasionally a special guest here to talk about the club that we love, Tottenham Hotspur. Come on, you Spurs. Let's go. Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, and Dave. Mike, how are you?
1: Uh, Dude, I had a goddamn awesome weekend, man. Everything that could have gone right, went right. I even got a whole bunch of... Uh, call hours in at the hospital and got to see all of my teams play and win
0: with one exception one exception yeah
1: yeah, but uh let's let's be honest like Notre Dame you can't you can't win you can't win when you're turning the ball over like that that's true I watched they dominate they dominated the game on defense gave Cincinnati uh, a couple of a couple of uh really good spots in field position like early on but the Notre Dame defense dominated them. There's no yeah. way Cincinnati is uh is even close to a top 5 team. There I said there it.
0: You uh but there's another exception as well. What what about the return? The return, the return of Tom Brady.
1: Um I am not a Patriots fan.
0: Who, who who are you a football fan of? Um,
1: Hold
0: Washington. on! Oh, that's you.
1: right. I knew that. That that's right. I yeah. And uh, just for you, just for you, David. I'm going to do this. You pay
0: for that. Yeah, you're you're a WFT guy. Oh boy. what are we you. doing here? Uh, <laughs> all right. So for our for our, our listeners, Mike has just put on. So for those of us who grew up in the '70s and '80s with the J.C. catalog. Um, you may remember there were these football uniforms that you could order and pretend to to play football in your backyard and mike is wearing washington redskins uh, i'm gonna say circa 82 or 83 helmet right now oh yeah um mike i i'm i'm first of all i'm embarrassed and second i'm impressed at you just whipping that thing out uh, well that sounded bad i'm impressed with you uh finding that <laughs> helmet and 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 uh making that happen so quickly well done forgive it's my me sports, for
1: the... it's my sports lair it sits on my uh it sits on my uh the side of my tv so
0: forgive me for the oversight uh you know to the to the listeners mike's keeping this on the entire time we're recording so I just yeah it's
1: to... very it's very warm in this helmet <laughs> All right. oh god because it, it is plastic you know um my washington football team did win as well nice comeback with a fourth string quarterback i'm pretty happy.
0: All right, good weekend for Mike and uh, both our socks in the baseball playoffs, and we uh, were both hoping they meet in the ALCS, and uh, at least one of them gets to the to the big dance. Let's go on to you, Steve. How you doing?
2: I'm getting there, <laughs> recovering. So uh, yeah, I think it was a Thursday last week. You know, I had these uh, little spots popping up on me. And I'm a cautious guy. I also live like literally a block away from the urgent care. So I took a trip down there and was like, what the hell's going on? Like, this is very abnormal. And it was a little concerning because my son had, you know, maybe three or four weeks ago, he had just gotten over hand, foot, mouth disease. Sure enough, the doctor comes in. Yeah, you know, it's incredibly rare for adults, but uh, that's hand, foot, mouth. And I was like, oh, great. But, you know, my my one-year-old made it through and it didn't seem so bad. Just like, oh yeah, it's worse in adults. And, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, yeah, it's not so bad. I'm probably over-exaggerating. You know, Friday rolls around and I'm sitting here and still, you know, it's not too bad. I've got more of these spots on my, my hands and feet. Um, you know, they itch. But it's really, it hadn't been much of a big deal. Then Saturday hit. And Saturday was like, <laughs> It's like if you have a very bad case of the flu, but you also like rub poison ivy on your hands and feet, absolutely miserable. Oh, my God. I couldn't eat anything. I couldn't drink really anything. I told you, man. (laughs) That was brutal. His Sunday got a little better, um, but not really a whole heck of a lot. Um, And here I am today, like probably at like 60, 70 (laughs) percent able to eat finally is the first day i've really eaten anything so yeah (laughs) looking forward to uh (laughs) trying to make it through this
0: hey we're glad you're on the mend and for for those who are listening you know who missed us on your monday morning commute uh we we delayed just so that steve could be close to fighting shape so uh so here we are we'll see how it goes tonight so let's uh let's let's look back on the the week that was let's start with uh midweek steve you want to give us some uh, some analysis and reaction to what we saw in the europa conference league
2: yeah you know um obviously it was a a very convincing win at in at the end it kind of sucks that we had to sub in you know our entire first string (laughs) attacking lineup to you know get that over the line there um although to be fair they uh they weren't really threatening us all that much so you know they had a, a absolutely beautifully taken goal. I've got really no criticism from anybody like that's just like a one in a million shot right there that's was beautiful you know I'll credit to them but it did make me a little nervous for a while like oh uh, you know here we go again um uh, the thing that really annoyed me though Yeah, I'm going to, even though it's a, you know, happy week, we won two games out of two this week. I'm still going with the negative take. uh, Delhi's passing was abysmal. Like dude could not get a pass away to save his life. And to make it even worse, he was trying like the most complicated passes too. You know, it's, it's one thing every once in a while to try something a little clever, you know, uh, you know, you See a run, you're trying to do, you know, maybe an outside of the foot type thing, or you try to volley it over somebody. Every once in a while, sure. But when that's every single pass you're trying to make and it's never coming off, go back to basics, dude. Like seriously. You need to stop and just side foot right to the person next to you just to string something together, get that you know, completion percent up. But he wasn't you know, he got the penalty, he, he buried that. It was very well taken, but Outside of that, I mean, he offered next to nothing. It was really frustrating to watch, especially when you had, you know, so many players who were, you know, trying their hardest. I think I mentioned it to you guys um, while I was watching it. It seemed in in that first half in particular, it seemed a lot like the attackers were trying to figure each other out. And it just, Delhi was not helping his case by completely misplaying every single ball. Um. But uh on to some positives though, I thought, you know, Dane's movement when he was on was really good for a 17-year-old, you know, heavy touches, you know, not not super fast, not the strongest guy out there. Um, but you could see the intelligence, right? You could see that he knew what he was supposed to be doing. You you knew what he wanted to do. It didn't come off for him. He didn't really get a whole lot of service, to be fair, but there were enough glimpses out there that have me excited for him like he's gonna if he you know maybe bulks up a bit and you know get some experience gets you know maybe a low move away um where he can start regularly you know much more competitively I, I think this dude's gonna be like the next big thing for us he he just has that intelligence to him that i think most of us have been waiting for harry kane himself to show this season hmm. you know people will say well he got his 20-minute hat trick against this what Slovenian farmers congratulations dude but like you know and and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself a bit but he he didn't really look that sharp on on the weekend you know he looked better for sure you know there's signs of improvement there there's signs of life in in somebody that I thought was just dead man playing you know but um Dane was, was refreshing for me he was super fun to watch his off the ball movement um i i was i'm really excited by him he looks like he's gonna be a good player
0: you know mike i'm, I'm curious steve talked about delhi and i i don't like the the anti-delhi vibe that you you get on social media and you get you get amongst you know some of the spurs fandom uh, in some ways i've come to think that delhi is is Kind of like this weird symbol of the past that was, and the 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 current status of how we need to renew and rebuild, and just maybe like he's the prime example of what the painful rebuild needs to be. I'm curious, how do you see that? How do you see is just the way he functions now compared to the way he did before? What What are your thoughts?
1: Well, he's playing a different position, right? I mean, um, but you know, I mean. I don't, I don't hate Dele. Um I actually, I actually love the guy. I love, I love his attitude. Um, you know, I loved his attitude early on in his career. You know, he's kind of a houser. He was kind of, you know, he, uh, he was, he was super sneaky. He had a lot of really great footwork. He, his, his little back heel passes and his, and his little Rabona, Rabona esque passes, um, you know, his little, you know, his little flips and tricks and stuff. Um, he scored uh, he scored goals um, you know early on in his career I mean that was all fun and then maybe Delhi started buying into the legend of Dele. Um, and he was kind of he kind of got left behind by a couple of coaches um, because he was buying into his own his own brand and his own legend well I mean uh, what, what's the term Delhi's brother, right? Who we're going to see this week, Delhi or Delhi's brother? Um, so I, you know, we're seeing right now, we're seeing Delhi's brother, <laughs> kind of. um Beginning of the season, you know, preseason, he was working his ass off. He was he was lifting weights. He was he was training hard, um, getting ready for the season. He was still on a social media showing everybody how hard he was working. Um, he looked good. Um, in the preseason had a really good couple of first first two games were really were really good uh his work rate right off the ball was outstanding outrageous actually um you know he was running distances that like i couldn't run in three years if i if i tried to string together some days you know um i, I just I, I i thought that maybe he had turned a corner he was accepting his new role in the team but he seems like he's getting lazy again. Um, you saw it against the Slovenian farmers, whatever Steve calls the Slovenian farmers, right? You, you saw it, you saw it there. I mean, you saw an arsenal. Um, he, I just, I, I don't know where to go with it because on one hand, you know, it's one or two games. He didn't find himself in the team for the weekend. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a reason for that you know, maybe he is just a sign of the old times that we kind of need to let go and, and, and give him a chance to succeed somewhere else. Um But that said, you know, I, I like Deli. I think he's, his smile is kind of infectious when he's laughing on the field and he's having a good time. It's because he's playing well and he knows it. Um So, I mean, he's you know, also a
2: determined player. You know, I, 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 honestly think at this point it's just a mental block for him like he's just trying to do so much by himself and like live up to that top billing that but when he doesn't do it he gets in his own head right exactly and instead of you know taking that step back and just going right back to basics it's like he doubles down he's like no i if i just keep at it it'll come off and then it doesn't and right i mean he
1: fucks up his passes um you know he doesn't track back and, and defend well when when he's in his own head. I, I so I you know you can't have a guy who's not mentally there on on the field because it takes it takes eleven guys on that field to work together to win a game. So I mean, it takes a toll on you too. Like if you're yourself, sitting there, you know. all the stupid cliches aside, De- Delhi might not be you know he might not be a fit for this team anymore um, for this club. Um, and I just sort of kind of want to address your Dane Scarlet thing. I, I saw it exactly opposite. You did oh, really? Yeah. Um, I saw him, I saw him out there struggling. He looked like a boy, uh, a young child play, trying to play in men's league. It's like, it was like me when I was 15 trying to play in my dad's beer league, softball league, you know, <laughs>
0: those, those are a good bunch times. Of 40 year they? old
1: men, 30 and 40 year old men. And, and, you know, I couldn't even hit fucking baseball. I'm not going to hit a slow pitch softball. That's like a knuckleball. Um, <laughs> so he, you know, I, I keep saying it and I'm going to say it over and over again. The guy needs a loan. Yeah, He does. You know, we would have been better off. I think keeping Troy Parrott here and loaning out Scarlett. He's young, man. He's raw. He's young. Look at it, Look, look at what it did for Skippy, you know, we loaned Skippy to a place where he we knew he was going to play. You know, we've got three consecutive loans for for Troy Parrott in
0: places that he didn't play. You know, although although he's 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 crushing it currently at Milton Keynes.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we found a place where we could guarantee he was going to play. Right. Like he goes to those other places, doesn't play immediately, and he's like, "What the fuck? I'm I'm Tottenham Hotspur. Mm-hmm. I should be playing." They loaned me here. And you know, again, it gets in your own head and, and it's a mental thing. So I, I saw it different with, with Scarlet. I saw him struggle with where he was supposed to be. He like you said, he knew where he was supposed to be, but I think he struggled with it. He didn't make the runs he needed to be making. Um, and I mean, you you saw the the difference between somebody who's fresh out of the can and somebody who's starting to rot away, you know, but but you know, still tastes okay, right? You know, Harry Harry King still kind of tastes okay when he scores goals, right? I mean, the the mayonnaise hasn't gone bad quite yet.
2: <laughs> uh, on the plus side, I think we both agree that the loan is definitely needed. Like, he needs that loan. Yeah, he needs so that there's loan. no reason for him to be the backup for us right now. Yeah, I wouldn't mind
0: seeing us sign of a veteran striker in January from somewhere and, and let him go out on loan somewhere just to get some time and actually...
1: Before before we move on, because I, I know that we don't want to dwell on 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 Mura, but let's let's uh let's talk about the previous game and how uh, Rent might not have been uh, a two two draw might not have been too too bad. Again, you know I don't I don't know I didn't watch much of the I didn't watch any of the game I watched some of the highlights of that game against PSG. There was no fire I didn't see fire in the ground. The way but that maybe that's just because I was watching highlights. Um, That team, that team is going to make it incredibly tough for us, even at home. Um, it, It's a super important. It, I think it's super important to have um, to come out of that pool, winning that pool, winning that. I mean, you don't want to be second because you got it. That's whatever that stupid qualifier you got to play if, if you come in second. Right. Yeah. So you're you're guaranteed you're you're guaranteed to move on when you when you win your pool. So I think we need to win. And and if we don't, Vitesse isn't gonna be any easier any easier than than Mura was. And we needed to put our big our big guns out there to 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 put that team away.
2: So I don't know. I'm I'm glad you mentioned Ren, because I have the exact opposite view with that. I think it is even more damning that we only took a point when we had all three for the taking two mil up and threw it away. And now we're, you know, that is the, that is the time for us to have like taken it and run because I think you're absolutely right. I think they're going to have some confidence now. They're going to make it more challenging for us, you know, in, in the reverse fixture, we needed those three points. And I think we were foolish for not getting them. You think Pacchettino like tanking on purpose?
1: (laughs) It's like, oh shit, Nuno's having a hard time, man. (laughs) I just (laughs) maybe I'll lose a few games and get get fired myself.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. uh, You know, I don't watch a lot of PSG or really any of the French uh, league there, but I just, you know, I never really got that Pacchettino was the type of guy who who could deal with a lot of these big egos. I think I mentioned this last season at some point when we were talking potch. he's just, you know, I just haven't seen that in his career. He's never really had such big names to have to, to deal with, you know, when he came into Spurs, he was able to essentially isolate, and remove some of the, the, you know, locker room rot, but you know, it, that's not like messi that's not neymar or mbappe you know those are some big high profile players you don't just say hey you got a bad attitude neymar you're on the bench that doesn't happen at psg no mbappe
1: actually just said he's out he's like he's done so
2: yeah that's that's a whole other can of words but it it, it just makes me think that you know i i don't know necessarily that that it, it's an indication of of Pache's, you know, skill as a manager. I think it's more of his skill as a, a man manager. You know, just being able to deal with with those egos and 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 um, really the the world class talent really hasn't had to do that much of that. I, I think it's a good learning experience for him. But uh, I, I read something the
0: other day that basically said a poch team is a young team that's willing to to run, fly around the pitch, hustle, press, play good defense and do whatever he says and the psg is the exact opposite of that in construction so like when you look at it that way you know it's really not a potch team if he were to come back to spurs you know without a major overhaul that's not a poch team either so there, there's just an interesting way to look at that in terms of what he brings to the table wherever he's gonna end up for the long term right yeah you guys want to shift uh let's talk about the weekend we had we had a, a nice match to watch over the weekend so uh mike why don't you lead us off uh what were your takeaways from from the Villa match? Uh, my
1: takeaways. Um, my takeaways. I I really enjoyed actually uh, watching this match, uh, even though I had to watch it on my little tiny phone again because I was at I was at work in between cases and and of course uh, the hospital blocks off anything sports related, so I couldn't even go through my normal my normal channels of, uh, figuring out the internet at work, how to break the internet at work. But, um, you know, I, I saw a lot out of a lot of players that we have been bitching about not being on the field. Um, we saw a lot out of Emerson. Um, I thought that Emerson, um, it it kind of amazed me that like this guy just comes in and just kind of fits into the squad and he, takes over He takes over a spot at right back that that Japhet Tanganga's been playing very well. Um, he had you know Jaffa had, had a couple of rough goes, but I mean that'll happen when you're young and can't hold your you know can't hold your head. Um, Emerson just comes in and fits right in. Uh, he runs with the ball well. He passes the ball well. Um, you know he he knows how to how to move how to move around a, an attacking offense. So that he's in the best position to to, to um mark his man and, and and be on the ball. So I I love I love watching him out there. Um I did have a guy at, at my son's soccer game come up to you the other day and uh, Spurs fan too says uh <laughs> says me, I gotta tell you, I don't like that Emerson at all. Like tried to blame, tried to blame the Villa goal on Emerson. And I was like, Jesus, dude. I was like, did you watch the play? Um I loved seeing Romero out there Romero. Um, Holy shit, man, this guy's for real. Like he is for real. He might've been partially responsible for what happened uh, on that goal. I mean, we saw out of, out of him, uh, out of Romero, exactly what we knew he does, which is he comes forward fast often, like way forward, way out of the box. And, and, uh, I think the the yellow card he got on the goal was a prime example of that uh there was another one I can't remember at what point I think it was at the end of the first half where there was a corner kick he headed the ball out right in front of him and then immediately darted for the man that 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 received the ball yeah i mean i mean and he was out close to midfield at that point so he leaves what happened on the goal is he kind of leaves emerson and and dyer um out on an island then you have like four or five guys at midfield that are just trying to recover there i didn't so uh, there was a that was a little bit of a failure of of his uh, of the way he plays right there but um and it kind of left emerson had to choose had to choose a player and then dyer I, I, I want this guy to succeed so badly, but he just kind of let the man slip in behind him for the tap. And, um, I, I fail to believe that if that it was, you know, a Toby or even a Joe Roden, I don't think that would have happened. I think Roden would have had an eye on his man an eye on every man who's coming into the box directly behind him. Um, that said, man, of my man of the match, a hundred percent sunny. 100%. That guy that guy was everywhere and he worked his ass off all day long on both sides on defense and on offense and on left and right. Um he was nicking passes. Um he was making he was making amazing runs. That 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 pass he he took uh I, who the hell was it he took it from? Shit, I can't remember who he took from on the on the Heiberg goal. Um I, I thought was pretty amazing was was pretty amazing so he jumps up to get that to get that ball win that ball gets it off to hoiberg and then comes back around the other side hoiberg switches spots with him and and i think harry kane expected to get the ball there did not get the ball but there's probably a reason that hoiberg scored right there it was because he drew you know those two guys off um harry kane we can get to him another time i mean it's either going to come or it's not, he's going to score 16, 17 goals this season, but it's either going to come or it's not, but it better come soon if it's going to. And because he's going to start hurting the team. He was, yeah. he actually, it looked like he was out there working though. um And then the, you know, we know hoy bear at Skippy had a phenomenal game. I think, the two of them in that two man pivot were actually worked well in this game, I can't say that it's going to work well in every game, but I think it worked well, we got away from that stupid 433. Um, that wasn't doing anything for anyone. Um, but the guy I, I, I always feel bad for is Lucas the fans. I think mostly hate him. But they love him. they love him for they loved him for one day right. You know. I I think he gets a lot of vitriol for, you know, his personal political feelings or the one thing he ever said on Twitter about it. And, and it takes away from, you know, what he does on the field a lot, which is, you know, succeeds. He works hard. You know, I, I just, I really think like, why is it his fault that he's on the field? Why is it his fault that he's working his ass off in practice like if if you work your ass off of in practice, practice, you get on the field on the on the weekend. That's the way it is. But you know, I think the team overall had a great day. So Steve, you can't Steve what
0: do you got? Today. Mike
2: Mike's gotten your attention on the. On oh the yeah,
1: he, he's laughing his ass off here for for some reason.
2: I don't know if you guys saw this. You know, uh, are aware really? So Facebook's been down for most of the day, right? <laughs> and uh, I saw uh, uh, Lucas had he had sent out a tweet. It was something like, uh, you know, Facebook and Instagram are down. So I started talking to my wife. She's a very <laughs>
1: nice lady. <laughs> you see, there you go.
0: And hey, to, Mike, to Mike's point, he, he's doing something to get that starting spot consistently yeah. from manager to manager, right? It's you got to just speaking Portuguese,
2: that. right? I mean,
0: true, true, very true.
2: Work rate, I mean, it, the dude works. He does. <laughs>
0: Steve, take us further. What, uh, what were the things that jumped out at you yesterday? Oh,
2: Steve, Steve's got the
1: good analysis here. I just, I, you know. No, I actually agree this with
2: was, this everything you said, Mike. I mean, you absolutely spot on from Sun's work rate to Emerson's contribution to what a massive signing Romero is. I mean, the only addition that I had is for my boy, Hoybeard, there for just like the dude does it all. I mean, that goal he scored to, to get things started was just beautiful. The way he positioned himself right at the top of the box, away from everybody else, almost like he was daring that to give him the space. Um, but, you know, I think that when you've got somebody like Oliver Skip on the field to really hold down the defensive duties in midfield, it gives players like Hoybjerg the freedom to almost do what they want to do and he ended up, you know, getting himself into some great positions and make some good passes, you know, really try to get the ball rolling. The dude marshaled that midfield so incredibly well. Um, and and for me, it's because he doesn't have to sit deep. You know, that's what Skip's there for. He, You know, he, he's got somebody he can rely on to do a lot of the heavy lifting back there so that he can make some of those, you know, more advanced plays. Um and, and I absolutely loved uh, watching him. I, I hinted at it earlier. You know, Kane, not at 100%. Obviously, you know, he uh, on his day, he probably could have had three or four himself. Um, I loved the complete cheek of just taking that, you know, like midfield shot when the ball had just stopped rolling. Uh, like that, that goalie I, scored the Audi cup there, the, the one from the yeah. midfield, you know? exactly but it's you know that's that's what I've been wanting to see more from him you know it it's just it pains me that he didn't get that goal just because he's clearly capable of it you know he put him away uh on Thursday but for whatever reason it's just not working for him in the league um and and when you've got somebody like Sonny who's kind of firing on all cylinders you would think that it would benefit him as well right like you've got Sonny who's being a constant threat he's getting in dangerous positions to be fair Sonny also probably should have scored at least once or twice Uh, so they're a little cause for concern maybe Um, granted they're uh, Villa's keeper is just an absolute beast so you know credit where that's due Uh, but they didn't exactly challenge him all that much, you know. A couple of shots right at him, point blank, or you know, taking a little too long to get it away. It there's there's still room for us to improve uh, uh, offensively. Um, of course, the black sheep there being Lucas for not really troubling them too much. But that said, his link-up play was decent you know I'm not going to say it was world class or anything but he's it looked like there were times where he was um you know really working off Emerson on the right hand side very well you know with some of those one twos and you know they weren't always doing the exact same thing right like there's a part of me that was worried that it would always be you know he gets the ball and then just overlap to uh you know Emerson or to Lucas or whoever's making that run down the side there um didn't happen though you know they were keeping it varied they were going inside sometimes they were um you know they were it they were in sync like they were had that almost telepathic connection that you know we saw from uh Kane and Son last season for large stretches it was it was nice you know it offered us a a, a completely different way forward that wasn't just give the ball to Son give the ball to Kane and hope for the best you know there was something there you got that uh extra bit of overlap you have to stretch the play out a bit more because you can't just sit on the left hand side or you know center left to center um so it was really, I, I absolutely loved um, that interaction um and then there's the indombele situation yeah, oh my of- god
1: <laughs> i you, forgot <laughs> well, i put it on? out of my mind like he was the only guy on the
2: field that was shit he looked gassed after 20 minutes, like huffing and puffing, and, you know, to his credit, there were a couple of great, brilliant plays that he made. Um, you know, I can think of the one where he was turning in the box and, you know, managed to get a team effort away. Uh, the skill, the quality is clearly there, but like, it, he's just not a 90 minute player. And for me, the biggest frustration of the night was, Nuno. I think it took him far too long to make any changes. I think I texted you that. Right. I mean,
0: yeah, no question. I I
2: think, I think with, with
1: Ndombele, the thing with Ndombele is like, we know that he's probably on the ball, probably one of the best on the ball in the world. Um, And with the ball at his feet in this game, you wouldn't have known that he was even a championship player. Like he was not good in this game. His passes were misplaced his his challenges were lazy when he did get the ball like he had that one little run right in the beginning right and, and but he was just he was just absolute shit.
0: and you um, know to to steve's point the substitution patterns are are what i struggle with right like I don't, I don't know about you guys but i i didn't mind seeing Boy start the match i but, wanted him there i but,
1: but, thought he
0: would be, yeah yeah but 25 30 minutes in he's gassed and and we were commenting in the chat like hey it's it's actually time to bring on Brian Hill and bring on Gio lacelso Celso. Um, doesn't do any harm to the team defensively at all. Brings fresh legs in. And it's really frustrating to see those substitutions get made at like 65, 70, 75, 80 minutes when, you know, you could be doing those at 50, at, at 55, at 60, and really changing the complexion of the game further. Let's be honest, maybe scoring some more goals. You know, the, right now, what are, we, what are we sitting on? Minus four goal differential, I want to say. Right, yeah, um, minus four not the numbers that a, a, a top half of the table team should should be in. And and let's be frank, that matters at the end of the season. You know, that matters sometimes between third and fourth or fourth and fifth, whatever the whatever the position is going to be. So um, I just might I love the match we saw yesterday, but my disappointment was that man management and substitution patterns. I'm, I'm not a professional football coach. I, I don't know what I'm doing, but I do know when guys are tired and I do know when fresh legs would be helpful, and I know what would hurt and and would not. I'm sorry, what would hurt or help the team? Just seemed like real missed opportunity there. You agree, so Mike? I, I,
1: I I'm I'm kind of struggling. Um, like, yes, the substitutions needed to be made. Um, I I think we, when Lucas was taken off for Brian Hill, um, I I think that it was probably a little bit too late. You could see you you know when Lucas is walking off and he's giving everything, right? Yeah. He kind of gets that weird little shuffle that he does when he walks. But I don't know that earlier on, if you had done that earlier on that Brian Hill makes that run that Lucas made to force, to force that own goal. And I still think I have the freeze frame. I sent it to you. I still think Lucas's foot got on that ball, but all that aside, I don't think anybody, I don't even think Bergwine makes that run, you know? So, that's something that, that Lucas does. He has kind of that sense. And uh, I mean, his, t- his drawbacks really are that he's, he's a, he's a chaos merchant, right? Yeah. He sometimes drifts too far into the box and causes a lot of congestion. I think that's why him and Harry Kane don't play well together.
0: And Mike, you're um, right. Lucas makes that run. And one other guy makes that run. Eric Lamellock would make those runs all the time, right? Where he'd yeah. he'd be a fraction of an inch away from ending up in the goal himself.
1: Yeah, but he, he comes in with his spikes up, right? Absolutely. And somehow it doesn't get a red. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but the thing is, you know, I, I definitely agree. that I think Lucas for Hill around 75, 80 minutes is what makes sense to me. And Dombele for Los should have happened around 60, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you might have been talking about a different game had Hill been on there from the beginning.
1: But I think, you know, Nuno is still trying to get his legs under him get him used to this league. And I, and I
2: think he's going to be fantastic. I really I agree. do. I'm perfectly fine with, with Lucas starting. I, I agree with you. I think he offers a whole lot of energy. He's all over the place. It's that chaos that, that, you know, causes confusion among the, the opposition. It causes confusion among us because half the time we're like, what the hell are you doing, dude? But if we're thinking that, you know, <laughs> they're probably like, this guy's nuts, you know? And, and, you need to have a little bit of crazy, uh, you know, to, to drive at people at, at times. So I just wish it came off a bit more. But, man, like, we really needed to see Lo Celso on for Ndombele around 60 minutes. Uh, he just, you know, he wasn't offering a whole heck of a lot. And and what I like about Lo Celso, and I know people are still criticizing him for, you know, his lack of performances or whatever, but the dude has fun when he's on there. Like, he gets on and, you know, he's trying, he's trying to – you know play these passes he's trying to drive forward he's got like i think of him as like a terrier right he's just got this that same sort of like lamella energy bouncing around the place and you know uh, the, the the peak of that was when he was trying to get martin and martinez to pass the ball to him do you guys catch that where he was like you know you got to pass it to me dude um you know cuz they're both uh, on the argentina team um, but, like, that's, you know, that's, like, the antithesis of Ndombele. There's your high energy, you know, ready to run, ready to play these passes, wants to be there. I don't think he physically can for the 90 minutes. I'm, that's still up in the air for me. I, there's got to be something, you know, I, I don't think he's really been the same since he got that injury. Um, but, I, I, you know, when is not working, you got to make that switch, and you got to make it sooner rather than later, in my opinion.
0: Hey, I'm ready for a uh, little transition of the program. So first let's do this. Let's uh, give props to an old friend of ours, Kamal, the United fan, I believe it was one year ago today that uh, we pumped United 6-1 at Old Trafford. So just wanna get that on the record. Hey, Kamal, we're thinking about you, buddy. Um, but it's also, it's time for uh, one of our favorite segments. Mike, you ready to roll?
1: Oh, I, I love this. This is my favorite segment.
0: Perfect, it is time for, Hey Mike, what you drinking?
1: hey mike what you drinking today sir um we have a session ale um have we we haven't done this one yet this is called uh 35 just straight up 35 uh by definitive uh it's a session ale with raspberry and peach sitting in my fridge um I, I i'm always looking for new beers that i haven't tried yet um and i didn't see this until i was like shuffling through going huh what am I going to have tonight with the podcast? Um, and I saw this little pink label back there. So um I bought these for my wife at the brewery and uh didn't even realize realize I had another one. So let's let's give this one a shot. A session ale with raspberry and peach. I don't think it's got any uh no wording on it to describe it as most uh most breweries do. You know, they are, usually has little some little catchy,
0: catchy little phrase on there, but how are we looking for uh, for can graphics, Mike? Any uh, can
1: graphics yeah. are kind of cool. It's just got a bunch of little thirty fives all over it.
0: All right, pretty straightforward.
1: In different fonts. I don't know. It doesn't. Even, uh, it's three point five percent alcohol, so it's a light beer. So it is true session ale, which is probably why it's called thirty five. So let's get into this thing. Man, I love that sound. Smells wicked good. Um, I don't know if peach and raspberry really go together, and I don't like typically don't like the peach flavor. Um, and I don't eat peaches.
2: <laughs> Off to a promising start. Yeah, really, I, I feel like really every single, this one, man. I every really single
1: fucking time we do this, it's like Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> what have you done? Oh
0: boy. He's thinking. That's really fucking good. Well, there you go.
1: That's, ah, wow. It is, it's super light. Um, you can really taste, you can taste the peach, but it, like, it's definitely overpowered by the raspberry. So the peach isn't, like, super forward in it. Almost no hop profile in it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really good beer. I don't even know how to describe this. Like, it, it is light, light to the taste, it's kind of, um, it's bubbly kind of like that, that gluten-free beer that we had, but this is a, yeah, I, I could probably drink about eight or 10 of these pretty easily on a hot summer day.
0: I was going to say summertime beer. It sounds like, right?
1: I think we're going to have to start getting into like darker beers.
0: Yeah. Time to go heavy.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I should have done an Oktoberfest, but we'll save that for another, another podcast. Yeah, second sip is yeah, it's good. It's really good. I can I can imagine
0: why there's only one left in the fridge. So, <laughs> all right. So so there we have it, folks. That was hey Mike, what you drinking with thirty five by Definitive? Is that what you said? Yeah,
1: I will give it a three point five since we're just doing that. Ah, out of five, out of <laughs> five on.
0: this time. Going with the theme, out of five. Are we sticking with five as our scale? Or are you just going to oh, keep boring. changing? We it? might as we might as well. You know, I'll screw it up again next time. By the way, I added Stone Cold Steve Austin last week, and he didn't get back to us. So I'm I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed by that. We, we didn't. do it I wouldn't imagine it. That he's
1: probably driving his giant fucking truck to my house <laughs> to kick my ass.
0: You could only hope. I you know what I would take a stunner from him for free, <laughs> as long as you didn't bust your uh, your Harman Kardon speakers in your basement, right? That's that's correct. All right, hey guys, let's look ahead. Um, international break right now. A couple weeks off. Newcastle coming up when the season resumes Steve what's just on your mind right now how you feeling about the the state of the club in the moment
2: Uh, I feel like it's still pretty chaotic to be honest I mean it's got to feel nice to get two wins going into the international break and everything but at the same time I'm still not super convinced I don't think Nuno's the guy you know he just yeah he he makes some changes that's good but you kind of have to right like he you can't just keep playing the same crap football and hope for the best. Um, so, congratulations on doing the bare minimum there. But uh, you know, it's these it's these uh, tactics, these these in game lack of changes, um, lack of urgency. I I just don't see how we don't hover in this mid table bullshit until he gets sacked. You know, I I think he'll keep us out of relegation. So that's not anything that I really have to worry about. But for me, sticking with Nuno for the entire year is like accepting that we'll end up in like 10th. And to me, that's not good enough. You know, I, I think that if somebody else becomes available between now and the end of the year, you have to pull the trigger and make that change. Um, and honestly, I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he is able to, to, you know, make the changes that he needs to make to the players, to the tactics, to whatever, and gets us into, you know, competing for a top four position. I hope he does that. I just don't see it happening. And, you know, I I wasn't super convinced by him um, when when it was announced. You know, I I think when we were on our three-game winning streak, I was starting to eat my words and, and feel like, okay, maybe I wasn't giving him enough credit, but now I'm kind of back to like, yeah, he's just uninspired. He's just kind of like a, I mean, he he kind of comes across as a placeholder manager. You know what I mean? Like he's just here to make it so that we don't go down until we can get somebody who we actually trust to put the club in the, in the direction that I think these fans want it to be going. Um, it's just, I don't know, this entire mess, ever since we, um, You know let go of podge and and started going through that shuffle has just been absolute clusterfuck and we really cannot fuck up our next manager we all know nuno's not the guy you know he's on a two-year contract and i think i was reading um that if he doesn't get us top four or top six or something
0: like that allegedly uh, top six is what i was reading but then i read other things that said that that was the club was denying that but who knows right of course they're denying it i mean yeah yeah
2: I mean, either way, you're on a two-year contract. If we really wanted to buy you out after a a year and a half, a year, it's probably not going to be the worst of the world. I mean, look at how much we had to pay out to to Mourinho there um, for that nonsense. But, you know, so he's clearly not the long-term manager. But we cannot fuck up the long-term manager. You have to get somebody in here who's going to do that painful rebuild, who's going to let guys know, like, you don't want to put the effort in. You don't have to play for us. End of story. You know, none of this play nice with, you know, some of the established names, none of that crap. Um, but for me, it's just not Nuno. And, and I just don't see us being, you know, a, a top competitive team in the league while he's in charge. Again, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he makes me eat my words again and we come out and we win the next, you know, Six, seven, eight games in a row, whatever. I just don't see it happening. We're, we might beat Newcastle, but as soon as United come around, they're just gonna, you know, embarrass us for what we did to them last year. Ah, uh,
0: you had to say that. Had to say that.
2: I'm calling. Like, look, I, it's it's that's the pessimist in me, right? Like we crushed Man United last year. I just, for you know, us as a Spurs fans, we're kind of used to this kind of sad irony that just nothing's going to work out for us, right? And for me, the fact that we embarrassed them uh, United last year just has them absolutely mopping the floor with us this year, written all over it. Like, it, it, it's absolutely kind of like a revenge payback situation, and there's nothing we can do to stop it, it, it from my point of view. I'm I'm setting myself we yeah, Are we talking about Newcastle here? No, United, Man United. You're talking about why Manchester are we talking United? about Man United? Why? Why? Cause that's where I see us really getting spanked and being like, Oh, this is, you know, we're not, I think we'd no, be, I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering because, because well, just, um,
1: I, I know, I know where you're going with this and, and that, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> um, but listen, dude, one step at a time here, you know, we, we can't start fucking jumping off the bridge just because, you know, we got to jump off the bridge, you know, it's, it's not the only way out of this, you know? So, I, I, you know, we were high on Nuno. We're down on Nuno. We're high on Nuno. We're down on him. Like when he got hired, before he got hired, we're like, okay, this might be the guy. Let's hope not. We don't think he's the guy. He came in, he said all the right things. He started training the right way. We liked that. We did like that. Um, We talked about muscle memory and that all kind all, all that kind of stuff. Um, We talked about him coming in and fixing a broken team but knowing that he's not the long-term guy, he could turn into the long-term guy. You never know what's going to happen, man. This that last week might have been the turnaround. You got to you got to remember, dude, the the past two seasons. Man City and Man U were both shit at the beginning of the season. When Poch first came in, we were shit until what, mid-November. So, I mean, we're talking we're talking about Newcastle here. If we don't fucking drop Newcastle, then we're in trouble again. Then he's in trouble again, right? I mean, Newcastle, Newcastle. How many do they have? How many goals have they scored? They, I don't even know how many goals they scored. But they don't have a win. They sure as hell don't have a win. They have four draws and three losses. They're second to last in the table, so they're in relegation right now with Norwich City, who belongs there with Pookie. But I, I, I'm telling you right now that. Don't start counting your chickens, man. Because you know they, they, they. I don't know. You can't, you can't start counting your, chi- you can't start counting your chickens against against your own team before before you're even gotten to the game. You don't, you don't know how things are gonna fall before you get to Man United. When we get to Man United. If Man United is back at a level where they should be, because they haven't been playing well lately either, then you know they're talking. They, I've I've already seen Man United fans online calling for Ole's head because of the way they've been playing lately. I mean, it's it's just fucking soccer fans are so emotionally invested in in their teams and and their managers. It drives me so fucking crazy. We got to get off this train where we're. I, Dave, you, I I know you didn't want to do it, but I'm doing it. Right now. We were We, 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 weren't we, gonna, we, weren't we gonna cannot it, jump right? off the bridge because there's still road on either side of us. You know, don't jump off the bridge yet, Steve.
0: Can I just say you Steve, hear, before you respond? Before you respond. We don't want you floating I, down the river. I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying the the slight, ever so slight banter between the two of you. And also I'm I'm imagining, Steve, last time we recorded, like the whiskey was doing its job. I'm just imagining if you weren't sick and the whiskey was on board, like this would be an even more fun conversation. But I want to give you a chance to respond to, to Mike's uh, relentless optimism.
2: No, I'm, I'm just- <laughs> Relentless
0: <laughs> optimism. <laughs> I'm
2: going to put it down right now, just so that, you know, it's it's out there. I want everybody to know between Newcastle and United, this is what I think is going to happen. I think we come back to Newcastle and it's going to be a disappointing draw. We should win. We won't. We won't lose, but we'll all be disappointed in that result. We'll go off to, you know, the uh, Conference League. We'll squeak a win away. Everybody will think things are great again. We got West Ham coming. West Ham beats us. Everything's shit again. We go into Burnley in the EFL Cup. We'll win that game because it's Burnley, and let's be honest, we really ought to be winning that game, and then United beat us. So it's going to be between now and the end of the month, October 30th, when we play Man United, disappointment, slight optimism, crushing back down, a little more brevity, and then bam, sucker punched again, KO'd, we're going to be miserable to end this month. That is just how I see it playing out. And I, I, God, I hope I'm wrong, but I just, looking at how this schedule plays out for us it just does not look good to me. I think that we're going to end up with the absolute bare minimum to keep Nuno in his job, but no more than that. I don't think we're going to get any spectacular wins. I don't think we're going to see anything that looks even remotely close to a positive performance coming back from the break. I think we're going to fall right back into misery and despair pretty quickly uh, come come October 17th, like the end of that game. Um, because, again, it's a game we should win. We should win it. I want to absolutely stress that. Newcastle is not good right now. We should absolutely beat them. And I just see it. that, to me, just screams, yeah, you're going to draw. Or you're going to lose. But I, it's Three, probably. 3-1. One. 3-1. Three, one. Three, right? like, I really do.
1: 3-1. 2-1 one. One against United, if you want. I'm not going there, though. You got to put one foot in front of the other.
2: Uh, I, I don't know. I'm in a position where I just kind of want to. you can you can't, you can't dance with both feet at the same
1: time. You got you got to you got to move one foot at a time.
0: Mike, you're all about the dancing uh Well,
2: analogy, you know what?
1: Other, other, otherwise otherwise your dancing partner is going to trip over your feet.
2: Yeah, in yeah. this situation I've got two left feet and the first move I make I'm already collapsing down and taking everybody with me. It's dominoes. All right. All right. All right. Well, Here's <laughs>
0: here's a guarantee (laughs) we will not lose a match next weekend. That's a guarantee. So uh, we're, we're going to go with that. Um, Mike, I want to hear closing thoughts from you as we, as we wrap things up today.
1: Closing thoughts are that um, I think, I think now with the exemption uh, for in England, uh, our players are our South American players are going to go off. They're going to get to play in, in their games. Um, when is argentina's last game are they going to be back in time to to quarantine for 5 days at the I
0: believe I read that they will be available for selection for Newcastle whatever the timing is for that
1: That's good. I so I I don't think I then they won't miss the ga- any of those games that that we need them to play in. Well, they'll miss the what? No, they won't miss any games. They won't miss Newcastle. So um they'll be happy. It's a big deal like in South America, it's a big deal to play for your country. You know, it's a big deal for English players to play for their country. I don't think Italians give a shit. That's why they have two 40-year-old fucking center backs. But um very good 40-year-old center backs. Yeah, man, they're so good. They're so good. Um so you know, I I really think that come come uh, Newcastle that we'll be firing on all cinder, cylinders. We're not gonna have the issues we had before. I think that's you know you can kind of look back and and we can still say that that could be the cause of some, a couple of those three, nothing losses, at least one of them. Um, There's no fucking excuse for what happened, you know, at the, at Arsenal. So, I mean, we don't win there anyway. So fucking let's write it off. Who cares? Um, That said, like, I'm, I'm looking forward to post-international break. Um, I'm looking forward to, seeing Spurs getting off on the right foot, I think we got a, a really good look at what could be a, a good lineup moving forward, at least defensively. Um, and the next thing I'm looking forward to is, um, and it's probably, it's going to be the last thing I say is the Red Sox beating the fucking pinstripes off those Yankees on, on Tuesday night.
0: That is worth looking
2: forward to. Absolutely. All right, Steve, what's going on to you. Uh, closing thoughts you know maybe it's just having been sick for like the last three days now making me such a, a absolute pessimist
1: <laughs> you, see, you got a fucking cloud
2: like floating right
1: over
0: your head <laughs> you're like you're like you're i was gonna say like like pig pen walking around just a cloud cloud of dirt <laughs> just, following you. yeah
2: just, well, I, I, I mentioned it because as soon as you said, oh, yeah, you know, they'll probably be back in time. The first thing that came to my mind was you just guaranteed that they're going to get injured on international duty and we're going to be without them for a while. Uh, you're a bad, you are, you're like a Peanuts character. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know, I, I, I just need to get over this thing, man, I guess, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm like sitting here like, oh man, Sonny's gonna go off and get injured, and then we're gonna have to rely on Florida man to do everything, and he's still not doing what he's supposed to be doing. It's just gonna be misery, compounding misery, and uh, maybe I just need to take a nap or something. But I'm pretty fucking cranky right now, I guess.
0: <laughs> I think we just got our our uh, episode title. Steve needs a nap. That's that's probably. Right away. <laughs> yeah this this is this has been enjoyable though to have the uh the optimism of mike and the blatant pessimism of steve tonight it's it's been a it's been a good balance lets me just pretend to to hang back and just ask questions but hey i do want to make this comment um as a closing thought i i can't speak for the world you guys live in or work in but i see uh in the midst of the the pandemic i see a lot of people struggling and i'm not talking about just like physical health but talking about emotional and uh Social, emotional, mental health type stuff, and uh, one thing I've realized is it's important we all have to take care of ourselves if we're going to try to take care of other people. So my encouragement to uh, to each of us and anybody listening to this is is think about exactly that. Um, think about what you need to do to to take care of yourself, to put yourself in a position to to be able to look after others. And hopefully, this pandemic thing will be done in due time, but we got to put in our time to get it finished, and we got to do it the right way. So those are my uh, my, my thoughts as we look ahead. With that, fellas, I appreciate you. Thanks for the thanks for the time tonight. Um, let's have a good 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 uh good week for the Red Sox, let's have a good week for the White Sox. And uh Steve, you can pick which of those socks you want to support. I'll talk to you later about that if you like. And uh are well, right
2: wearing no socks, so I'm gonna keep that going.
0: <laughs> but hey, Coy's, he's closer Coy's, Coy's, to New Coy's, York, Coy's. so I don't trust him. <laughs> he is, yeah. He's a New Jersey guy originally. So yeah, he you don't know what those allegiances are. But hey, thanks everybody. Appreciate you. Have a great rest of the week.
2: Boys.